Hello, Kyle and fellow listeners. Tyler Garwood here, coming at you from Wanaka, New Zealand. Uh, beautiful little place, and uh, I enjoy enjoy the podcast while I'm out running around here. Um, it was about two years ago to the day when I was injured on a run the day before I began my rappel program in Central Oregon, and I had to be let go. That was very devastating for me. That was a very sad moment in my life because I worked for months and months in the gym and outside and diet dietary and uh, I had, it was I wasn't able to complete my mission you know I was I was let go and that hurt I hurt a lot and from that point on until about six months ago I was super unhealthy I was eating anything and everything I wanted to I was smoking, I was drinking quite a bit. Um, I was not a very happy person. It was uh, about six months ago when I reached a point and looked in the mirror and knew that that wasn't me, knew that that's not what I wanted to do, and decided to change. That's why I took running up again. And uh, with running, it's helped clear my mind. It's been very meditative, and it's also helped me get back in shape. And... I decided to run a marathon last week, all by myself, um, no no events, nothing. I just wanted to do it. I wanted to wanted to push myself and know what I was capable of, and I I did it. I shattered shattered my four hour goal of just completing it. You know, I had four hours to complete it. I was I was like, all right, I can do that, and um, I did it in just over three hours. That was incredibly happy with myself and my progress and um, there's a silver lining in everything if I if you would have told me if anyone would have told me that there was a silver lining in my injury I would have just looked at him in disgust and been angry you know I wouldn't have believed it for a second but uh, two years down the road I I believe that there was a silver lining there is and um, I found found running to be to be something I look forward to um, from that experience, I've met people that I would have never met. I've been places I would have never been, and um, I have new mentors. You know, it's um, it's really opened my life up to a bunch of opportunities that I would have n- otherwise never had. So, look for the silver lining and anything and everything. Jump on opportunities that are unfamiliar to you, and um, you never know where you'll end up. You know, so I hope all of you are listening and enjoying the podcasts and um, looking for the silver lining and the downsides of life and just take it easy put a smile on your face and make someone else smile thank you for sending that in Tyler I really appreciate you uh, sharing such an honest account something I can certainly identify with uh, dealing with injuries oh man um, really stoked for you, man. Inspiring to hear that you uh, ran a marathon. Something I want to do. If any of you want to send me in a little voice memo, you can shoot it to info at kyle.surf. Try and keep it under 90 seconds, and I'd love to play it. Just let me know who you are, some details about where you're at right now, and uh, use it. click the voice memos app on your phone. Thank you to everyone who's donating to this podcast on Patreon. I rely on people like you, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever you can afford. If 
you can't afford anything, don't worry about it. But if you got a few extra bucks to share, the equivalent of a cup of coffee really does help keep this podcast going. You can go to my website, kyle.surf, to check it out. And I'm adding a bunch of new cool stuff, like my my summer travel kit, my podcast gear, all that stuff will be up on my website by next week. Because I get so many emails from people asking, hey, what what are the best surf products? What's the best podcast gear? And I'm finally going to have it up there for all of you. And I'm an Amazon affiliate, so if you buy it through that link, I'll get a small percentage of that product at no cost to you. I was just down in L.A. hanging with the boys from Mudwater. Shout out to those guys. Um, they have a new spot on Abbott Kinney, the Mud Hut, um, where they do all donation-based um Mud water. So you can, you can, if you're in Abbott Kinney, go in there. They'll tell you all about it. All the donations go to the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies or MAPS. Those guys are doing work uh, on helping um, soldiers with PTSD get through it with MDMA therapy, with, uh, with, psychedelic psilocybin psilocybin psychedelic my words are not coming to me but go check out mudwater they're fucking awesome and if you want to get ten dollars off of a subscription you can go to mudwtr.com and type in the code name kyle 10 to get ten dollars off any mudwater subscription also, I'm just about to finish the box of goodies forever, forever. So you can go to my website, kyle.surf slash box of goodies to get a box of mud water, Santa Cruz medicinal CBD coconut oil, and the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide, a signed copy by Dr. Jim Fadiman, or a signed copy of Sex at Dawn by Dr. Chris Ryan. Two different boxes, and once they're gone, they're gone. There's about eight or nine left in each. Um, and they're all at a greatly discounted price. If you want any Santa Cruz Medicinals products on their own, if you're suffering from some inflammation, if you want to get the benefits of CBD, you can go to scmedicinals.com, and you can type in the code name KYLE10 to get 10% off of any products. Love these sponsors. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring my show. It's, it's, a, it's fun to have this little family of people that uh, I can easily talk about. All right, my guest today is one of my favorite surfers. Nat Young was ranked world number eight. He was ASP Rookie of the Year in 2013. Uh, We went to Mission Hill Junior High together, Santa Cruz High together. Um, He's been one of the biggest influences in my life as far as um, surfing goes. I always find that I surf a little better whenever he is out. Um, And he's just, he's a fucking dedicated dude who worked really hard to become one of the best surfers in the world um he was raised on the west side of santa cruz started riding a bodyboard at age five and he's currently ranked number two on the wqs he just won the last two qs contests that he did so he may make it back on the ct we talked a little bit about his arc from you know toehead kid in santa cruz to making it onto the ct to falling off the ct and now potentially making it back on um this was a shorter interview we just chatted we probably could have gone a lot deeper into uh some of you know just his story but uh he wanted to go see the warriors game and he just dropped by and it was great um i always enjoy chatting with this dude he's a really good example of hard work paying off because he was not a prodigy he didn't start you know he wasn't like a john john florence character who was riding a board in the womb like he actually started 
kind of late, um, all things considered, and just surfed way longer than everyone else um, and became one of the best in the world. So you can reach out to Nat if you enjoyed this if this podcast. Um, reach out to him on Instagram. Reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know how I can make this little show better. And with that, please welcome to the show one of my favorite surfers, Mr. Nat Young. Kyle Tierman here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. It's not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Did you read David Goggins' book recently? I well, I bought it on audio tapes. So I was listening to it kind of the last couple months, just on and off. I did an interview with Kai Lenny like two months ago, and he said that that was one of his favorite books as yeah. well. He said it was super motivating. Yeah, the guy's just a badass and very. <clears throat> I don't know. He just got me fired up. Right, that guy. So my friend um, Adam Skolnick, he's a writer, and he he ghost wrote that book for David Goggins, and um, is yeah really interesting guy. I think that David Goggins hold, like holds the record for the most pull ups. Yeah, he in, does so, yeah. in like a conse- like certain I amount think in of time. Twenty four hours. That's insane. Yeah, he has, there's like a photo in the book of his hands are like raw. They're all bloody raw. I mean, the guy's a freak. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you still doing a lot of training? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the last couple weeks, no, because I've been on the road and I've been competing. But before that, like after, after New Year's was like probably the most, like the hardest I've ever trained in my life. So really? Yeah. Are you, um, what kind of stuff are you doing? Um, similar stuff to I've always done, but, um, still training with Joey. I've been training with him and some of his friends at like, we've been training at five thirty in the morning, like four four to five days a week so doing that doing yoga um we have a peloton at the house so doing that too what's a peloton a peloton's like the it's like a stationary bike it's like a spin class but right, right, yeah, there's right. like a screen and there's like an instructor and it's like live classes so huh how long do those go for usually uh it's it's just whatever it's like 20 minutes 45 minutes half hour hour you so. get gassed yeah like by you the sweat, end of it destroyed so much, so much yeah um, and are you taking hot yoga classes? Yeah, I was doing some hot yoga with Tia at um, hot, hot Yoga Aptos and getting trying to get a little more flexible. I remember I was trying to get you into hot yoga for a long time and you were very resistant to it. It's gnarly. You it, gotta, it, it took a hot girl to get you into the class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's hard, but it's it's so good. You feel so good after it. Mm. So that Yeah, that's been something I've incorporated. Right. Do you feel like it's... Um, like I, I feel like it, you know, there's a point in training where you can start to get too stiff right. for surfing. Is yeah. Have you felt that? No, I, I don't feel that at all. Um, I feel I try to maintain flexibility like throughout this whole process, but I've never felt like that. Um, but I did. The reason I kind of went on this, I don't know, just this this year, the reason I kind of took it to another level was. I've been doing like the same training for like, since I was like 17 years old, like I've always trained really hard and I've always surfed a ton, but like how long can you do the same 
thing and like get the same results you know like if i'm doing the same thing for 10 years it doesn't like necessarily do the same thing for me like at some point you got to go like step out of your comfort zone or like take it to another level hmm so you felt like doing more of it would potentially take it to another level um not necessarily more of it but just like more like doing things that i don't like to do like i don't, I don't like to wake up at 4 50 in the morning every morning but i did it because yeah i just felt like it's doing like me stepping out of my comfort zone you know like i'd rather sleep in and get hmm. a nice night of sleep and you know so, so do you think that that like would you accredit that to um your recent two wins um i i don't know but yeah probably honestly because like back when I first started competing and stuff, I used to be very confident and that confidence kind of came from my work ethic and like my preparation and stuff like that. And, you know, then I've been doing the same type of, you know, I've been working out the same way I've been doing it for 10 years at some point, like that kind of fades off, right? Like you don't get the same out of it for that long. Sure. So I felt like, okay, what can I do? differently you know like I've been doing it like this so like what can what can I add and what can I do differently to like you know I know I gain confidence from working hard but like what more can I do to take it to another level and mm. and so that's kind of how I felt and I figured I'll try it out this year so and will you train right up until you leave for a contest no no uh, yeah I think I stopped like a week before I left for Australia this year so because you don't want to be spent when you're out no, no. competing, right? Like, you don't want sore, sore muscles when no. you're in the water. I, I was, yeah, like, I gave myself some time to, to you know, not be sore and to kind of, yeah, catch up on some sleep and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, it was, like, two months straight of solid training, and then then I've just gone and competed for a couple weeks, well, a couple months now straight. So. A couple months straight. So, where have you been going over the last couple months? Uh, it was... It went from Brazil to Australia to Portugal to Japan. So now I'm home. So it was it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of flights and that. So you are you you like that? Is it draining? What's it like doing that? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Like since we were, I would say, I mean, we were doing NSSAs when we were kids. Yeah, right? since we were like fourteen. Since we were like thirteen, fourteen, and then there was a. Like I, I actually remember going down with you um, and Rosie, your mom, to an NSSA contest when we were probably 13, 14 years old, and Andrew Doheny was in the contest. And Andrew Doheny, by that point, was already like a superstar, yeah. right? He was yeah. sponsored by Volcom. We're like, holy shit, that's Andrew Doheny. <laughs> and I lost early, and then I was driving back up with someone else, and uh, we heard, we're like, dude, Nat got second in the contest. He almost beat Andrew Doheny. <laughs> and we were like, what? That's crazy. Like, Andrew Doheny, like, Corey Arambidi was another one who were, like, these superstar kids. And it was, like, this shift where all of a sudden we saw that it was possible for a kid from Santa Cruz to be on the level of these SoCal kids who were already, by that time, very well known. And it seemed like from that point on, you just went on this, like, rocket ship tear to you know the moment when you won nationals to when you won the junior contest at the cold water to when you won the cold water and i mean from that point i mean we've 
like you then have been basically on the road since that period in your teens. Yeah, it's yeah, since probably like 15, 16 I've been going nonstop like all year long. So that's uh 10 11 years of going straight for like yeah, nonstop. Right. But it's it's exhausting at times, but we get some time off in the winter, a couple months at home and I don't know, I figure like I'm not I'm not going to do this all my whole life, so I might as well you know, Santa Cruz is going to be here. Nothing's going away, so right. Might as well make the most of it right now. Yeah, you you kind of put all like you decided at a certain point. It seems like that this is what you were going to do, rather than be like, ah, well, I might like take some college courses and might like do this or that. You're like, no, this is I'm going to try and get as good as I fucking can, and. Then there was a point where you made it on the world tour and we're like, holy shit, like Nat's on the world tour. And then you, and then the first year that you were on tour in the second contest at Bells, you got second and we were like, oh my God, like that's, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I, I, I've witnessed it from a close perspective, but I've never actually had the chance to ask you these kinds of questions about just like your mental process through the whole journey. So I'm using this as an excuse to ask you those kinds of questions. Yeah. I mean, when I step back and like look at it like that, it's, it's pretty crazy for sure. Um, when I first started surfing, like I would have never thought I'd be, have ever made the WCT or, you know, gotten to travel the world like I have. Uh, I've always been competitive. And like when I first started surfing, like I was definitely competitive with my friends, with other kids you know, wherever I was competing and it always was like, yeah, I want to do good. I want to beat whoever I'm surfing against or whatever, but yeah, I've always set like short-term goals for myself and yeah, looking back at it, it's pretty crazy to see like where we started, you know, going down to the NSSAs, like with my mom and Boothman and everybody else, car full of kids. So yeah, come along. It's come a long way, but what do you think you did differently than the other kids in Santa Cruz? Uh, it was dedication, hundred percent. Like, you know, if they were gonna surf for two hours, I was gonna surf for five hours hmm. every day. So it adds up. It's it, it's not a secret. No, it's no secret. It's right. not like I had some handbook that told me what to do. It's just it's simple. It's just a lot of dedication and willing to do things that other people aren't right do you think that there was a point when you started to believe that you could actually um become a world-class pro surfer and get on that global stage yeah there's definitely you know i definitely believed i could be otherwise i probably wouldn't have gotten there i don't think you just luck out into success and you know i'm sure at times you doubt yourself and you know maybe don't think you can get quite as far as you can but I don't know, through that hard work and just knowing what I'm cap- like, what you're capable of, because only you see yourself at your best. So like you can, you know what you're capable of. And, and, uh, so yeah, that, as it got close, as I got older and I got to travel and surf against some of the better surfers in the world, I thought that I could be on the WCT. Yeah. Hmm. And do you think that, um, there was, a point then when you like you were talking about moments where you would doubt yourself like do you would you say that that conversation of of doubt has 
I'm trying to figure out the best way to like to ask this question because like there there's there's like this point where you were able to um how do I say this like it's just a crazy road to, to fucking look at from the beginning till now. And I feel like you're at this very exciting time where you had a game plan, you gained a huge amount of success through that game plan, and then it started to not work for you and you fell off tour. And now you're at this point where you have just won the last two contests that you've done and there's no fluke to that. So would you say that you're coming at this new year from a kind of a different perspective? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, nothing's changed like surfing wise. Like, you know, I, I've always surfed a ton. Like I surf just as much now as I did when I was having more success or on the WCT. It's not like I surf less or anything like that, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a different perspective. I, you know, when I was having a hard time on tour, a lot of other stuff was going on and, and I just kind of felt like, it like, I almost felt like poor me, like everything's against me and just kind of was looking at it like that. Like I can't get a break. Like it's just, everything's against me. But, um, was there, was there a moment when that, when you're thinking that, like, what's an example of that? Like, uh, like in heats and just, yeah. Like in, well, and just everything in my life was kind of like, uh, I had some family stuff going on and, and then I, on tour, I was just like trying to get through that year, trying to requalify. Like that was all I was like concerned about was just like requalifying because you know, every, like heat, heat after heat was like kind of going the wrong way. Like the last like minute, like someone would get a score against me and I'd lose a heat, like a very important heat. And that happened so many times. Um, and I just thought like, you know, I was just on the wrong side of luck over and over and over. Um, and I mean, you can look at it that way. Like I obviously did. And like, it doesn't help. It doesn't help anyone to look at it. Like, you know, poor me, like, you know, I can never get a break. Like, Hmm. I've learned that since I did because I went through it. I, that's how I was. But lately I've been, you know, I've changed my perspective and, um, was there anything that helped you change that perspective or any kind of conversations that you had? Um, there was a conversation. I had a conversation with my girlfriend this year after Hawaii. We just were like on the beach and she, she was just like, you look like you're like out there and you're like, you don't know what you're doing like in these heats like you don't like it doesn't even look like you're like like you have like no confidence like it doesn't look like you're like trying to win and I was like yeah I know I agree like I'm out there like trying not to lose not like trying to win and I don't know you know why or what's changed or what but I'm just like my head is like scramble I can't think like when I'm in the water I'm like should I go on this way or should I be on this over here like I just like things that are very simple like I was just thinking too much. I was just overthinking everything. And then what shifted to be able to win these last two contests? I don't think that that happened out of luck. No. So, so we had that conversation and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to like step it up this year. Like I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Uh, I need to like step out of my comfort zone and try, try something new. And then I was, I was like, I listened to that David Goggins podcast and I was just this is like, all day David Goggins doing. 
I was just like, well, this this is like resonating with me because like this guy's like talking about a lot of the stuff that like I'm thinking about, but like I'm, you know, I was like thinking it, and then I heard it, and I was like, I gotta like, yeah, I gotta. Like he's putting into words what you're feeling. I'm like thinking like, man, I gotta step it up. Like I gotta do more. And then I like heard this, and I was like, yeah, like uh, it's like this guy's, this guy's a badass doing like so much, like so much gnarly shit. So. I feel like you've gained, like, you've taken a lot of inspiration from uh, people in other sports. Like, you're a huge Warriors fan. You're always, like, you're kind of a jock in that way. And in other sports, arguably, you know, I mean, it's shifted a lot in surfing, but in a lot of those other sports, uh, the athletes are taking it much more seriously. They take it more like it's their job, you know, and it's it's less about just going out there and and having a good time. And they're very much disciplined. and I've noticed that with you, where you'll kind of draw from these other areas of the world and be like, oh, this is applicable to my life. Okay, I'm going to put that tool in my tool belt and take it forward. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I love competition. Like, you know that. Like, Yeah, you're a competitive little freak, dude. When we were like 13 years old, you would get your head like onto like, oh, I'm going to get really good at uh, Monopoly. And then you get super good at Monopoly for like two months, and then you'd move on to the next thing. And then you'd be like, oh, I'm going to start ping pong now. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like, shit, Nat's better than me at ping pong. How did that just happen? Like, you have a very methodical and obsessive way of moving from one thing to the next. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just like competition. And so whatever that is, you know, like whether it's one sport or the other, I like watching people compete and like be at their best and what it takes to be at your best and like all the hard work and everything because yeah like you say like you know I, I was competitive with ping pong like I was never the best at ping pong like you were better than me at ping pong but I'd sit there and practice until I got until I could keep up with you or get better than you or whatever so just like yeah just getting better at things I love I love working hard and and trying to improve and and that type of stuff so that's why I like competition so much mm. do you feel like there's um an end goal like surfing is obviously it's your job it's your career it's what you're putting your your um a huge amount of your energy into with a, a, a lot of those other hobbies like you would kind of get to a point where you felt satisfied and then you'd move on to the next thing was that always when you would just um get better than your peers or like what like when when do you feel satiated in um in an endeavor to move on to the next one um I don't know. That's a good yeah. question, but that's why, like, I, I played a lot of sports when I was little. I skateboarded. I did everything kind of that we all did when we were younger. And obviously, surfing was the one that I enjoyed the most, and and that's why I stuck with it. Obviously, and um, it's just fun. I have a lot of fun when I'm surfing. It's kind of like I don't I don't ever like take days off or get bored like looking for waves or surfing or you know i do it by myself probably more than than i I surf by myself more than i surf with anyone so um i just have fun doing it and will you set little goals for yourself when you go out and have a regular session no not really i just go out and surf Hmm. yeah but yeah some sometimes honestly when i was like falling a lot or something like that like just just trying to like gain that confidence of like finishing waves or like you know just little things, little steps in the right direction that can kind of like when you're really stuck in like a hole that can like kind of lift you out a little bit. Right. Right. Who are you traveling with these days as you're on, uh, on the QS? 
Uh, I was traveling. I, I am traveling with uh, Michael Dunphy, Evan Geiselman, Ian Crane, and Cam Richards. We had a good American crew over there, so it's been fun. Nice. Yeah. And is it... Uh what's it like then shifting like if you make it back onto the ct it's almost like you gain a whole nother like crew of friends that you start traveling with yeah i don't know i haven't really thought too far ahead but yeah it's it's weird like that on like surfing's like that's true like when i was on the ct i had like a different crew of people that i was traveling traveling with and i'm obviously really close with them at the time and then like you you know like since i've now been on the qs it's almost like i've like not been as close with those guys that I was traveling with on the CT and I'm like closer with my friends that I've been traveling with on the QS. It's kind of weird, but right. I've also grown up surfing with most of these guys since I was little. So, right. Are you still buddies with, uh, Kaloe? Yeah, I'm good. Really good friends with him. I don't see him that much anymore. I talk to him here and there, but yeah, not like as close as when I was on tour. Right. Right. And, um, he's had like quite a progression as well. What, what, what's your thoughts on his, uh, we've been talking about you way too much. Let's start, start talking about yeah. other people. Yeah. Kolohe is honestly a big inspiration of mine. That guy's like, he's one of the hardest working people I know. And he, he got me inspired to, you know, kind of step out of my comfort zone. Like I know what he does, like how hard he works and how much dedication he puts into it. So I looked at him and he was having a ton of success and was like, Cause he struggled too. He went through a weird patch where he was having a hard time and obviously not getting the results or just the surfing it like he's capable of. So I looked at him and drew from him and saw, see what he does. And what does he do? He's a freak. He wakes up at like three 30 in the morning, every morning and drives to Huntington and trains and surfs a lot. And, um, yeah, he's, he's in bed by like six thirty or seven every night. It's weird. I'll be like, we have a group message and he'll like be texting us at like three 30 in the morning. Everyone's asleep. You just wake up and you see like text messages from him at that time. You're like, Whoa, this guy's on a weird one. Right. Yeah. Wow. And do you, um, do you feel like, um, it's a disadvantage growing up in Santa Cruz and surfing these kinds of waves? As opposed to what, say, like, Kolohe is growing up in? Um, or what are the advantages and disadvantages that you see to it? Uh, that I think it's a, I think it's a disadvantage growing up in Santa Cruz. Um, it, I just think, like, you look on tour, it's like, how many guys really come from places that are cold? Like, Santa Cruz isn't very, like, inviting when you're little to, to go, like, walk, like, crawl down the mossy rocks and, like, go jump into freezing cold water, like... Dude, got, yeah, it's probably you got to like really decide that you're going surfing. Okay, we're doing it right now. It's not just like hopping in in the warm water in Hawaii and going out for the fifth time of the day and catching three waves. It's like a it's a real decision. You cross through a barrier and then you get you know freezing cold water and your your fucking fingers don't work after a little while. Yeah, so it's not very inviting like when you're little like to you know have your mom put your wetsuit on for you and put your booties on and like just jump in that cold water it's like you got to actually like really love to surf when you're that little in order to continue doing it otherwise like you know what i mean otherwise like if you're somewhere where it's warm and you're down the beach like just kind of something you pick up right but here it's like yeah it, it seems like a lot of the kids here don't really get into surfing until they're like into high school hmm 
Yeah, because it's it's well, we also don't really have a lot of beaches around here. Like yeah. you know, you're you're hanging out on the cliff. Whereas if you think about a place like the North Shore of, uh, of Oahu, like f- kids from age four years old are just down hanging on the beach, and then they're get, going in the water. They're getting pushed into a few waves. They come in. It's not uncommon for them to have five surf sessions in a day. Whereas here is like yeah, as you said, it's it's a bit of a process going into the water. And deciding to surf, but I guess junior guards was good for that. Yeah, junior guards was good for sure, but it's just it's that cold water for sure. It's like even people from even like people I know from around the world like come here and get in the water. They like surf for like you know thirty minutes because it's too cold. They get numb. Like so, imagine you're a little kid. Like it's just it's pretty gnarly. Right, right. Yeah. We um. Did you do junior guards the whole way through? Yeah, I did it. I did it since I was like five to thirteen or something. Not the whole time. I I stopped when I started surfing. Right. Yeah. What? So that was um, maybe until you're like a C or something. I so think it was halfway was, through B's. I, halfway through I B's. Stopped. So it was little guards, C's, B's, A's, yeah. double A's. Did you ever go down for like regionals and those those ones? Yeah, my mom used to take us down for regionals. It was fun. Junior guys is super fun. Like, if, like I wish I could go back to those those fun days at the beach. Like. We, it was so much fun. Right. But then, it was, I mean, it was a fairly natural transition. Like, as you said, your mom was driving you down for, I mean, you're, I, I also, I mean, we, it kind of goes without saying, but shout out to Rosie for, I mean, the amount of time that she spent driving us around going to the SoCal NSSAs. I mean, pretty much every weekend from the time that you were 12 years old you know, until you started doing junior series and flying, like yeah. you guys were driving down there to go surf shitty, shitty waves in, in Huntington yeah, and hopefully get a trophy and, and come back. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. just a trophy, but yeah, and that um, was like before podcasts too. So what were you <laughs> doing? You couldn't even listen to David yeah, no Goggins books. No one knew, but yeah, Rose, my mom was like, it's crazy how much like dedication she put into this. Like, especially also for like all my friends too. Like she was like, just took all my friends around with us like and you know every weekend it was it's crazy she went through like two cars doing it it's it's like unbelievable right and it was fun the thing is it was a lot of fun yeah um do uh (laughs) it's funny it's funny talking to you on a mic man i uh I mean, you just, you, you've so always focused on the craft. Like I can tell, like you don't really like getting interviewed. You don't really like doing media stuff. You never have like dealt like, I mean, you do the social media, but it's almost like for the obligatory side of it, like everything else besides just surfing and and doing and surfing as well as you can and figuring out how to get to the next level seems like just something that you're so not into and never have been uh yeah i, I mean is yeah, that true i don't like i'm not seeking interviews and stuff it's it's fun talking to you right. but like i appreciate yeah. you doing this but uh i enjoy to surf i enjoy surfing more than talking right i guess <laughs> but i guess that there's also i mean there are a lot of professional athletes that leverage their social media they leverage kind of media in general to do their thing. Whereas, I mean, what do you think about all of that? Just as far as, um, the surf industry, people who focus more on everything in addition to surfing besides 
just that like do you ever wish that you would have focused like focus more on your brand or like focus more on manage like management or like how how do you see all of that uh no i don't really honestly don't really care uh never want to spend any more time on instagram or any of those things than i already do like i already wish i spent less time on them and i i don't spend that much compared to other people um so yeah i I am just happy surfing and right um, being able to do it and not have to work in an office like it's it's unbelievable i've been able to do this for this long and not have to work a real job so um but yeah i'm not a huge social media fan it's it takes up so much time of everyone I mean, that's, that shift happened also when e, when we were growing up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it did. It used to be that like you get a two page spread in a magazine or cover and like that was that was it, you know, and it was either you got in the magazine or you didn't. Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, arguably you could get a post on social media and that will expose you to more people than it would in a magazine. Yeah. I remember I remember you had that thing on your phone for like for the uh i'm not exactly sure the uv not the, UV, for the radiation for the radiation now you're probably on your phone Fuck. a whole lot i can't even I'm, imagine how much you're on your phone now i'm on my phone way more yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know that that thing worked i think that might have been some uh that's a crazy transformation there crazy transformation well yeah man of the, the the podcast i mean i'm basically doing everything but you know so um yeah i i think that um it's it's inspiring that you've uh just continued to focus on like hard work and dedication and you've kept it very simple for yourself and uh, through a pretty big transition because you you went from being relatively not well known to having a lot of attention come at come at you from I would say maybe when you were like 18 when you won nationals like do you remember when that shift happened like where people started recognizing you and you started having to manage uh like an appearance um maybe after nationals like it's not like I, I don't care like i'm happy to do whatever someone asks me to do like it's not it's not like pulling teeth for me like i enjoy watching interviews of athletes or surfers and stuff like i like to hear what they say and dig a little deeper than just like you know a post heat interview like i want to hear what they're thinking and what they're doing and i i like watching that stuff i watch it all the time right so, Hmm. So yeah, Do you, can you think of any that you've you've particularly enjoyed or have been helpful for you? Um, not not like nothing like pops to my mind, but like I do go on like YouTube and like watch like post heat or just like post game press conferences like or like of UFC fights like you know what they're talking about after their fight. What you know I I enjoy hearing like what those guys have to say. Hmm. Have you ever worked with a sports psychologist? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, it was the year I fell off tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Nah, <laughs> he's, he's a super nice <laughs> dude, kidding. and it has nothing to do with him at all. But um, yeah, honestly, I almost thought I started overthinking when I after I like did it. Mm-hmm. I started. It used to come naturally, and then I like went. I was like, that was like one of the things. Like, okay, like what can I? What more can I do? And I so I went and saw a sports psychologist, and. At first I had really, it, it was, I had some good results from it. Like I felt really well, you know, I was, I was thinking clearly. So then stuff happened and, and I was still trying to like do the, the different things that he taught me, the different exercises and stuff like that. Then I, I just felt like I was 
thinking too much and I, I don't want to think I just want to act and do what I know like it's it's almost like an instinct you know when you're out you've been doing it we've been doing it for so long it's like you just want to go out there and do what you know and not think about it did you feel like you were able to do that during the last two contests walk me through like the the mindset that you had through first it was was it Portugal yeah and then Japan yeah so Portugal going to that contest did what were you what were you feeling what was the conversation going through your head um just this year I've felt uh like I've felt like my like I'm not thinking a ton I'm just like calm in the water whereas like the past two years I was like my mind was racing and I was like should I be doing this should I be doing that should I be over there should I be here whereas like now it's like I'm okay I come up with a strategy like I've been working with Jake Patterson who's been coaching me this year as well that's something different than I've been doing this this year he's been very helpful but I all and just in my heats like I feel like um yeah I'm just thinking clearly and I'm like okay with like doing what like coming up with a plan sticking to that plan like okay with like if it doesn't go right like you know like I, I'm, I'm like things that are out of my control I'm not stressing on anymore it's just like I want to go out there do what I know how to do surf good and just control the things I can and everything else you know it's like that's okay if I lose hmm um did you did you set a plan in Portugal that you remember like a game plan for the kinds of waves you wanted to ride anything like that I've just been more patient just like oh just I've been calm while I'm patient and okay with like not riding a ton of waves and just waiting for a wave that I that I'm looking for and if that wave doesn't come I'm okay with that you know just it's just been, I've just felt a lot more patient and like calm and still, which is, you know, something that was missing. And, you know, I think everybody, like, regardless of what you're doing, like, you don't want to be like overthinking anything. Like, you know, the more you overthink it, like that's when you like make mistakes. And what is, uh, what's an example of something that Jake Patterson will tell you before he, what was does he travel with you to these different contests? I was working with him in Australia uh, while I was there for a few weeks and then he's been texting me before every heat I serve kind of giving me his thoughts and what he sees he's been at home but yeah um, we've just simplified things that's it like you know I I've, I've I know how to serve a heat but like right so, good wh- so like what's an example of a text message um, when I've been surfing man-on-man heats against certain guys he's been texting me saying this guy likes to do this like he likes to ride a ton of waves or he's going to make a lot like so do this like he's just been like so when it comes down to man on man he definitely has like studied these different guys that i'm surfing against and like kind of knows their tendencies and what they like to do um not to like get distracted by what they're doing and just kind of do this and so Hmm. So, not i'm not gonna give you like an example but you're not giving me examples no just but it's just simplified things for me that's Hmm. it and then similarly in Japan, was he texting you before heats? Yeah, he was for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome having having his help and stuff. So it's been, I've just, a few different things has, have changed for me this year. And um, I'm At, excited to surf, which is good. Right. Surf heats and was, compete. Was Jake on the CT while you were? 
No, he's he was on tour before me, and he was very successful. Yeah, and I remember he he won uh he won Sunset one year, and yeah. he did pretty well for yeah. for a number of years, right? Yeah, he's a really smart dude, so um, it's been fun working with him. Nice man. Um, well, you got the Warriors game coming up. I know that's what you're really excited for. Don't worry, man. We got time. Yeah, we got time. We got time. We're, I'm we're setting in. Yeah, yeah. I'm fired up for this game. What's what's so big about this game? Uh, well, it's game six. So if they win, they move on to the next round. If they lose, one of their best players just got hurt. So it's just a lot of interesting things that make this game interesting. Nice, man. So, um, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. Is is there anything else that uh? We we can cut it. We can cut it right now. Um, no, it's fine. Are you? What are your? What's your next? Uh, what are your next couple months look like? Next few months, just um, I have some time off, so I'm gonna be home and get to hang out at home, enjoy some time at home. It's been been nonstop lately, so I love coming home and just kind of cruising around different parts and surfing the waves. I grew up surfing and hanging out with the people. You know that I've. Yeah, of course. Are you, are you filming with uh, with Perry these days? No, Perry's all big time now. He's big time? Yeah. No. Kind of moved on from us. He's doing his other thing. Hey, there's not much money in surfing. Nah, I'm just joking. He's He lives in San Francisco, so it's pretty hard to film with him. Nice. But, are, do you find that you're... Because uh, Rosie used to film you like day, day in, day out. I remember when we were kids, you would... Your mom would film all of us, and we'd all crowd around your TV, and we would have the little. Uh, she would plug the the camcorder into the TV, yeah. and we just watch clips, yeah. watch clips. And I remember there was one day when uh, you pulled your first air reverse, and and uh, you were a grom. You had one of your old stretch boards with the polka dots on it, and it was the lane. You pulled your first air reverse, and we were like. Oh my God! We kept just rewinding it a million times, and I still never pulled an air reverse. Mom, yeah, it was day. it was gnarly because my mom would film, and then she'd film all of us, and she'd miss someone's clips or something like that. They'd be all pissed off, like, like Rosie, like what the hell? You're so old, all pissed. She had all this pressure to film everyone, but yeah, that was funny. Those nice. were the good old days, right there. So you are right now in second, is that right, on the QS? Yeah. And what um, what are the big contests coming up that you're looking forward there's, to and kind of I mean it's still pretty early in the year. Yeah, there's plenty of contests. It's there's it's like not even we're not even close to halfway through this season, so um, I'm just looking forward to the next one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just having fun competing again. So I mean it's it's weird because you like you know when you're having success it's fun but like you also got to like enjoy it before the I don't know it's weird when you got to like enjoy it before the success comes otherwise like it's hard to get that success so hmm. if you're like constantly like if you're not having fun doing it it's it's weird yeah well it's like do you ever feel like you was there ever a point where you're like oh if I get here then I'll be happy uh that's like, weird no you know that's like kind of a weird you know, like well, a lot of people, I think that that's like a pitfall that they have. So they're like, oh, as soon as I like get this movie part, then I'll be happy. Or as soon as right. I, you know, win this tournament, then I'll be happy. And and the the report, right, is that they get there and they're happy for like two days and yeah. then they look around and life keeps moving on. Right? Yeah. So I think it's a healthy attitude that you have where you actually need to enjoy the process and kind of trust that everything is unfolding exactly the way it should. 
And that is the outlook that will then allow you to have more success. Yeah, I agree. I, I think like no matter what it is that you're doing, like there should be no plateau of like, you know, you know, like you buy this house all of a sudden, like you're really happy and everything changes. Like there's always things that you can always become a better person and improve at whatever you're doing. So hmm. yeah, I don't really see like a, like a place where I'm trying to get and then I'm like done and happy with yeah that's the good thing about surfing is like we can do this till we're old and always have fun doing it and surf different spots and um i'm sure at some point i'm not going to be like trying to get better at surfing but like yeah that's that's a fun part too is just getting to travel and surf like all these different ways and stuff see different places and yeah is there anything that you can um think about that you're excited to do later in life after your career after surfing? After surfing, yeah. That doesn't have to do with surfing? That doesn't have to do with surfing? Anything um, that, that you're like especially excited about? Well, it'd about? be fun to have kids, right? And kind of like go through that, whether it's, I don't know, just kind of like seeing what my mom, like just kind of the dedication that she put in and like, um, I don't know, to be on that side of things would be really fun. Like whether it's like, I hope my kids are competitive. So like whether it's surfing or baseball or something like that, like that seems fun. Just going down there and watching and, um, yeah. Supporting them. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, sweet. So you're here for a couple months, then you got a big, big, uh, contest coming, coming forward. What what did you say the next ones are? Yeah. The back house pretty loaded with contests. So for now it's just some time off and then it kind of, they're all consecutive after that. Like, from july through to like hawaii almost is like pretty pretty stacked so just try to you know work on some surfboards and um surf and and then yeah go to go surf compete again sweet man well thank you for sitting down with me um where can people find you what's the best what's the Uh, best way i just have an instagram nat young nat young yeah at nat young it's pretty slow um, dude, thank you. Um, I, uh, I will finish this by just giving hats off to all the success that you've had. I mean, being, you are, uh, one of the few people I've known from a very young age who has made it to a world-class level as an athlete and to be able to see that it really isn't any more complicated than the, what you said. You've just like you just put in more time than us and you stayed with it and when i would go out and surf the lane for an hour and a half you would go surf for three and a half hours and then when i would go surf you know only right hand point breaks you would be practicing at beach breaks for the next competition and you just worked harder than everyone else and you stuck with it and uh it's inspiring to see the level that you've made it to and um i'm happy that you have the outlook of just constant progression because um i think that's a a healthy way to look at life so um cheers to being so level-headed through the whole process man thank you teats yeah cheers cheers man 
That's our show. I'm going to play you out the song called Streams by Connor Spicer, and I will link to his band page in the show notes below. If you're a musician and you want your music played at the end of the show, you can email it to info at kyle.surf. Uh, let me know guest recommendations on Instagram. That's a good spot. Uh, thank you to everyone again who donates on Patreon. Even just the equivalent of a cup of coffee helps support this podcast. If you want to get some products from Mudwater or Santa Cruz Medicinals, you can go to their websites and type in the code name KYLE10 to get $10 off of your first subscription at Mudwater. You can cancel any time or 10% off any CBD products at Santa Cruz Medicinals. That's it for now. Got Mickey Avalon coming up soon. We've got the Mudwater Boys did a podcast with them. Bunch of good ones. But for now, get outside, hop in the water, go surfing if you can, and I'll see you soon. This is Streams by Connor Spicer.